again on the um, a pandemic or whatever topic we choose. And um, discuss something around that. Uh, I think I, it started with a, a radio sh talk that I heard on LBC and um, different people were talking about the pandemic and one person was saying, you know, in this time period, you know, if you're not somebody who's, who's comfortable in your own skin, when all of a sudden um, the pandemic came and you're forced to be in the house, you can't go out anywhere and you're on your own. You know, those who are comfortable in their skin, it won't be such a big deal. But for those who are not, or particularly young people, you're used to going out all the time, all of a sudden uh, having to be alone with your thoughts wouldn't necessarily be something pretty. Hmm. You know, uh, and and so it, it's almost as if uh, if you've neglected or not in, in communication with yourself um, or there's things that we, you know, we want to run away from, uh, being outside all the time helps you to be with your, amongst your peers. So you're not really necessarily facing anything, but having to then be on your own all of a sudden uh, no, you're restricted, you can't go anywhere, you're, you're locked with people, you may have uh, people who you may not even get on with, and all of a sudden, you know, you're in four walls with uh, these people, yeah. uh, or if worse still yourself, so how do you cope with that? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, so, I yeah, think it... Uh, that came about. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Now, that's, that's, um, that's really the issues of the day. You know, um, mm -hmm. okay, praise be to Allah, the, and the lockdown is loosening, you know, uh, so people can now... You, you also see what people have missed by the number of queues you see outside pubs and in uh, such places, so um, it, it, it talks into it talks into what how people have bypassed themselves and um, developed relationships with you know uh, social instruments or um, drink or you know just the the in a sense, it's like the the denial of of self, you know, um, or most of the um, effacing of self. Because then you also have the uh, uh, the binging on on uh, Netflix and you know uh, that medium and what it actually you know provides, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and also eating. And, and such things. So it's it's a, it's a, it's interesting. Oh, you mean like as a way to cope with it? Yes, as a way yeah. to cope with the, um, the 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 shock of the hour, as it were. Hmm. 
Yeah, I guess for me it was a tale of two cities in the sense that, uh, you know, for me it was welcome. It was like, wow, a chance to stop over that uh, period of time, um, doing all the things that I was doing, and then all of a sudden to have it all stop. I mean, at first it was like, okay, well, what's this? You know, it wasn't something that was welcome initially. Yeah. But then as it went on, uh, then I began to think, oh, actually, this is actually quite a good thing. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, it brought many opportunities. You know, I got more in, in contact uh, with myself. Certain things that I'd left pending, you know, I was able to uh, deal with them. So for me, it was it was welcome. Um, so much yes. to the point where when it was some part of me when the lockdown was off and people could congregate again, uh, there was a massive difference, you know. Um, so um, for me, from my point of view, it was a it was a good thing, but I understand it wasn't necessarily like that for everybody. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the, um, that's the, as you said, the tell of two cities. It depends on how it is that, um, uh, you know, people looked at it, you know, mm. and responded to, because there were certainly two distinct views, you know, um, especially when you speak about the slowing down of things, because that's the effect that I, I felt was that a very fast-paced, fast-moving world came to a, you know, a grinding halt. Mm. There were no planes in the sky. You could actually okay. see a clear sky, you know, uh, on days that permitted that. Okay. Um, you, you know, uh, when you see planes, you can see the, you can literally see the physical effects of the chemtrail. And, you, you mm. know, uh, you wasn't seeing that. You know, um, yeah. there was like a sort of a... Uh, the term that just comes to mind is cathartic situation, mm-hmm. like almost like a therapy of sorts, mm. that, um, well, which was one aspect of it, because there was not so much rushing around. Uh, you know, for a while, there was calm. Yeah. And therefore, I think that's the, um, that's the, the changing of being ex- you know, extroverted and slowly becoming more looking into the inner reality, coming into the home, being with the family, you know, uh, seeing people that you see all the time but you're in a hurry to go and do the next thing that you don't really engage with, you know, intimately like that. But now we've got nowhere to go. All we could do, and we didn't have a lot of guidance to begin with, you could just stock up food and be in the house and maybe play games, you know, like Monopoly or you know, uh, start to talk to each other and have that, you know. So, so there were, certainly I, I see that there were, there were, as you put it, um, uh, a tale of two cities or a dual way of looking at it, you know. Um, you know, uh, there was also <laughs> people were joking saying that, you know, uh, because I think the first lockdown we went to was in, um, was it in March? It was in March, right? Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, it was in March. I believe it was in March. February was kind of like announced, March kind of thing, went into March um, lockdown. And people were saying that by December, there's going to be a lot of babies born, you know, <laughs> because, because, you know, people are indoors and there's just no, it's never happened before like that where there's just no, uh, not in our time anyway, where, you know, there's just no motion. You can't go anywhere really. And, and the government wasn't very sure in the beginning. You know, no one seems to no one seemed to have had a a directive as to what was going to happen. You know, um, there was a lot of um, the worries that were there started to dissipate, and it did seem like a uh, a situation that was under control, except that we just didn't know what the next steps were and all of that. And the whole world as well was then focused on China because China was blowing up. You know, uh, with uh, the, the the virus. And shortly after that was Italy, you know, so, and Iran, you know. Um, so those are some of the things that are, that were going on, you know. So for me, um, I remember as it began to break um, in the UK, and I remember I was in a client's car and he was, they were, they were driving me to a job he wanted me to look at and um and I remember it was a it was on the radio and it came out that about the lockdown and um for that moment a fear came over me like what would I do? What would I have to do? And mm. and I thought of Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister and I said, do I put my faith in Boris or do I put my faith in Master Fraud Mohammed? And mm. the moment I made that decision, I was going to put my faith in Master Fraud Mohammed, it all changed. And especially last year, it, you know, because I was traveling on the underground and all through the West End, and I would be the only person on the platform. And we're walking past mm. um, uh, uh, one of the, um, someone who works for London Transport. And it was just me and him passing at Leicester Square. Now that it'd be like thousands of people going through there. And it really didn't bother me. I did not, I loved it because I'd have the train to myself, basically maybe the odd person would be on there. And I was travelling up and down, really quite busy, and um, I could just get around really quickly. And um, I was enjoying it so much that there was no one around. And um, so I could just imagine what people, if you haven't got a focus, what do you focus on? It's funny you said about babies, Robert, you know, Tawanda. I think it's been the opposite. I think the level of abuses has gone up. Um, hmm. um, women being attacked by their husbands. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more divorces has come through this. Because... There was, actually, yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, solicitors reported uh, cases going through the roof. 
because yeah, because now you're with someone that you've you know really you only saw them at either the weekends or when they came home from work, but now you're stuck with someone that you really then you realise that you don't really like them and they don't like you and other things plus the drinking as well the um, you know people abusing drink and become very abusive. One of the things they kept the schools open for was they they were saying it was for um, um, uh, essential workers, but it was really for vulnerable children who would be it would be detriment for them to be in the home with their parents. Um, mm. So school was like a sanctuary. Those children could escape. They can get food, um, care. They can learn. You know, so. Um, it's the, the facade of this world with this lockdown has shown that it's really nothing. There's nothing there. And as I said, people were either drinking more drugs, more the level of depression would have kicked in. And it's, it's you know, young people, especially young people, um, who need that social gathering. They need that bonding. You know, they've been brought up on that bonding, their friends. They hated being at home, you know, um, because they felt trapped. They couldn't be who they were. And um, I remember talking to this young man, and it was like, just in a shop, and he was like, he was just so desperate to be out, to be able to go somewhere, with his friends. He could go to work, then he had to go straight home. There was nowhere else to go. And um, and I remember saying to him that, I mean, what do I say to him? He was really, you know, and I was saying to him that, you know, you've got to find other ways to entertain yourself because that world may never come back again. If you think of nightclubs and things like that, you know, you know, even with the vaccine, you've still got to wear a mask. Well, how can you wear a mask in a nightclub? You know, um, so... It's unravelling. You know, you see it's unravelling with people. People are more angry, frustrated. You know, then they start saying it's not true because they just can't believe that, it's, that, you know, so they'd rather go into denial. No, there's no pandemic. No, they're making it up. And I'll be saying to him, but the people in the hospital, all those people are dying. And, you know, and if they didn't know anybody, you know, obviously it, it, it wasn't real to them. I remember talking to this woman about it and she'd say, no, I'm living my life. I'm living my life. I'm not, you know, I don't believe this and that. And then she caught COVID and she caught it in a really bad way. And, um, and that was a reality check for her. And she's young, a younger person, you know, not even 30, but caught it really quite bad. So what it, you know, I feel blessed with is that I um, have something in my life that's real, that's tangible, that um, I can go to. I mean, um, 
and let my mind go there. There was things I would do. Um, and the more things I put on myself to do, not necessarily as a distraction, but Alexander said it, as things I needed to do. Now I had time to do it. Right? Whereas for me, that's what it did. It gave me time to work on the things I wanted to do. All the other things, you know, were distractions. But with the lockdown, even though I could go to work and do... But then I came back and I had things that I needed to do. Time to spend, you know, learning languages. Um, you know, things that, uh, you know, that I, were going to benefit me. And um, But the more I talked to people... Um, especially like older uh, children, I would talk to them and um, and just give them a perspective on how they could see the, rather than look at what they can't do, what can you do? You know, hmm. look at what opportunity there is that you can do for yourself to better yourself. Or you're going to, you could sit at home and crumble and, um, you know, drink yourself silly, take drugs, you know, but those things, you know, the next day, you know, your problem's still going to be there. You know, so mm. and the problem is you. How do you deal with you? What's going to make your life more full? And, you know, you know, and it can't be drugs because drugs is a social thing, you know. Mm. Um, and when people can't socialize, the drug doesn't really work like that. You know, because you're all mm. talking, laughing, and you know, but when you have to do it on your own, um, it doesn't have that effect. So, of course, in um, they haven't released the figures here in this country, but I know in certain countries that the level of suicides have skyrocketed. Thailand, the level mm. of suicides skyrocketed. And they necessarily haven't, they haven't had um, the death tolls. But what they've had is that where their economy is based on a lot of tourism and people couldn't, their earning potentials was diminished, you know. That's what I'm looking at being one of the causes. It could be other things as well. But, you know, but... Um, so I can imagine what it must be like in the West, you know. So um, it's yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's what I like to say. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. I I get the point that you make, Michael, about you know um, personal development. You know, um, as a factor that people found themselves developing. You know, uh, as well. Um, I recall as well even um, the use of, uh, uh, you know, tele teleconferencing. dot com. There was no. Um, there was a time that I tried to use that service and it was literally jammed. You know, uh, mm. because all of a sudden people were now working from home. You know, uh, and there was a massive um, demand for such services. You know, uh, but study is something that um, during that time myself, I I got a, a little bit more into. I actually completed some um, uh, a couple of courses 
you know, uh, on, on, on mind science, basically, the, reading the books and uh, going through, the, um, going through the, uh, the questions and answering those, you know, um, and because that was the means by which people couldn't go and congregate, uh, they, you know, that was the activated way online learning, you know, um, and use of emails and what have you came to play, as well as homeschooling because, you know, we had to homeschool our children. You know, uh, and you know, you now have to help them with um, uh, their work, you know, more so. And as they get bored with the change, because again, one of the impacts that this had was on the children is that their social groups, their um, their uh, their tribe, if you will, as 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 children, was limited. You know, they couldn't see their friends. Their, you know, it it became online, and even that, you can only do so much on that because you know, there's a certain amount of time that they could be looking at screens. So it was a very, um, very potentially mixed. You know, uh, there, were, there was definitely a lot of benefit in it. Uh, for me personally, I didn't, I didn't suffer much from uh, the isolation. Uh, I can't say that. I can't claim that I did. I did, I, I did get into being real. I did get into more, I would say, um, uh, uh, situations with with my, with my wife, you know, um, in terms of we're in the same space, and whereas maybe before I can just go out, or you know, she can go and pick up the children or whatever. We 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 are literally together, you know, uh, all the time. Didn't really look at it like that at the time, but looking at it in in hindsight, you see that you know, uh, you end up even inventing problems and difficulties that don't exist because of, uh, you know, wanting to, to do something rather than not do anything kind of thing. So it's, it's interesting, but it goes back to what you were saying earlier about having a purpose and having a focus. And I think the challenge of the lockdown, the challenge of uh, that isolation was to, you know, be able to garner your or our, you know, uh, energy towards a particular end. The people that did that are the people that I think made the most of it. Uh, you know, Alex, you were talking about being able to to then focus on maybe certain other aspects of work and creativity that um, uh, you may have been negating and, 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 and looking at. But there's all this time now. There's suddenly there's just a whole lot of time, and uh, what do you do with that time? You know, so those are some of the things. I In the lockdown, I also was able to look at... Uh, uh, Michael Jordan's um, uh, The Last Dance, it's, it's, it's called, and it was the, it's the story of the uh, Chicago Bulls, and uh, oh, particularly, yeah. of course, Ma- Michael Jordan being the star in that. So there was ele- an element of uh, entertainment, but studying factually as to some of the things that occurred, because that era, uh, for me, was, um, you know, uh, the Michael Jordan era was, you know, uh, a golden age era in my life because, you know, I was, a, I was a teenager playing basketball, coming into it and, uh, and seeing that. So it was good to know and touch bases with aspects of history, you know, um, that, um, you know, went on to shape uh, who, who, who I am today. So that was, you know, there was a lot of um, un, un, previously unexplored areas, I would say, uh, maybe perused or glanced at, but not really uh, explored that uh, 
you know, I, I had to actually look at. But boredom also became a factor because, like I said, one of the reasons why, when I look at it uh, retrospectively, um, the agitation or um, the annoyances was really about, you know, uh, just a book comes to mind, Who Moved My Cheese? You know, that something has changed. You know, uh, the, you know there's a glitch in the matrix somewhere. It's no longer what it was. So, you know, so there's, there's all these, uh, there's this, all these uh, new anomalies that, uh, that are occurring. And also maybe a, a dealing with what has been running deep uh, but silently coming to the surface and, um, yeah. and, and uh, being examined. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what I would say today. Yeah, that's a very good point there because um, uh, it was like uh, whatever cracks uh, there were uh, during the lockdown, during the lockdown, <clears throat> they would have been exposed or whatever deficiencies mm. or change of direction is needed and um, I remember speaking to one person and um, who was having a hard time with it but when I was just speaking to them on it their main thing is it, they just wanted to be out because they didn't want to be in the place that they were in um, so where they were unseen cracks before we were talking about relationships i don't know mm. man or husband uh, because uh, man and wife are both working that's eight hours in a day you only see each other in the evenings um or and if if that weekends so there's not mm. a whole lo lot of uh time spent but then, you know, being together in a confined space, you know, having to endure the lockdown, then people were finding, actually, I don't even like you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The person who you are, like, uh, I, I don't even like you. So the foundation on it was rocky in the first place, or not. But without the lockdown being enforced or being put in close quarters, you wouldn't even have known that. That's right. Yeah, so it was just interesting just to see the different, you know, uh, dynamics. So in a sense, the structures that we have, um, in some cases, allowed us to run away from things. Yeah. And you yeah. got into, we got into this kind of uh, tranquility with the routine. Because right? as long as you're doing this, you don't have to look at that. And that is that that's small right. thing that's nibbling at you saying, you know, we're going to have to look at this at some point, you know. So mm. um, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, I guess it's, for me anyway, it's about at the end of the day, the relationship that you have with yourself. And if it's something that you are constantly used to working on, um, then, yeah, fine. 
Like, like for example, I remember before having a, uh, a drug addiction problem. Um, whilst I was consuming the drugs, I always knew at some point I would have to look at it. But whilst I was out and I was partying, uh, it was fine. Right? It, it was just I could put it off to another day. But then being on a drugs railroad in a motorcycle and then having an accident, that brought it abruptly to a halt. Then I had to look at, you know, I can't keep doing this. I'm going to have to look at um, this situation. So I guess um, depending on how people see it, it's a positive thing because it gives you a chance to uh, redress things that we've been putting off. But I guess the question is for those who don't who, or aren't able to do that, then who did they go to? Where does the help come from? What tools could they use to even up the playing field in their life? You know? um, what help could, where could they get the help to put them back on the right path? Mm. 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 Um, I remember how you Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, okay. I remember having converse, different conversations with people about mm-hmm. that who weren't really doing well. And, right. um, I mean, the only advice I could give them is that, you know, this is not necessarily going to go away overnight. Yeah. The world's changed as we all know it. Mm-hmm. Everything that we thought was real we could see that it's not it's so fragile and the only advice I could really give people was that you know you've got to look at yourself you've got to go into yourself and you've got to find you and then you've got to find something that really makes you tick and what makes you tick and it can't be those social things because they're not going to work and I remember having it with one of my sons um, who's got, um, you know, a drug problem. Um, yeah. And, um, and then I remember speaking to him about it and saying, if, you know, I mean, all I could, the advice I could him was, you know, you can't be sharing spliffs, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, that's gone. You can't be doing that. You know, mm-hmm. um, and um, but he wasn't really taking it on board what I was saying he understood that part but because he's so about being out there being around his friends being around the crowd he wasn't really he couldn't really get it and he was getting angry that they're doing this they're stopping me from doing this they don't want me to I said I said to them, they don't care about you going to the pub or you going to nightclub getting drunk. They don't care about that. Why would, you know, they love you to do that. I'm talking about you explaining the government and, yeah. you know, and I'm saying, no, they would love you doing that. They want you to be a fool running around like that. Right? This is greater than that. And you've got to find a, a means to who you are. And... Um, 
and I've really, this was all last year, and I've recently having, recently having a conversation with him, and um, he um, said he's, not, he's no longer off drugs, he's back on training, he's trying to do running, and, um, you know, I said, thank God, because um, he's found, he's trying to find a way out of it, you know, um, you know, young people with jobs, working and but I would look at have you ever seen those delivery those young people on the bikes with those yeah. big blue yeah. boxes and I'd say you know at least they're trying to do something you know yeah. and it's funny the biggest business is takeaways because people can't cook yeah you know and mm. those businesses are flourishing um Delivery even went on the stock market through the pandemic. Pandemic, you know. So, but what you know, when I saw young people doing that, that was because now they've got a purpose. Mm. I don't know how much money they earn. It's probably minimum wage, you yeah. know. Riding that bike. Sometimes I'd see them on the bus with the bike at night when they just can't ride home. They're so tired, you know. Especially if you mm. where I live is quite hilly. You know, and um, as I said, as you all know, going downhill is fine. Going uphill, and if you've got to do those runs often, you know, I, and no one said nothing to them because I think people just got it that they were just tired. They just couldn't ride their bikes anymore, and then they have to get up the next day to do it all over again. So I saw a lot of, um, um, you know, a lot of optimistic from the young people and also last year was the George George Floyd thing and yeah. and I saw young people there you know because that whole situation shocked everybody um, mm. and people that um, you know that weren't even aware you know I mean black people were getting killed you know from are insurgents in the West, but yeah. that George Floyd death shocked people so much. Even white people would yeah. be talking to me about it. Clients would talk to me about it. They were so shocked, appalled, you know. But when yeah. I saw a lot of young people coming together, I mean, this, you know, they were going on the marches. They were told, and they just didn't care, you know. And I would see them all different races, and. Um, You know, they it brought they, it brought out of them something that maybe they there to make a stance to and there to make a stand to. I mean, even my ex-wife, you know, I sent her a video and it was a song um, that I, someone had sent me on WhatsApp, and it was a, a brother singing. It was edited by William, you know, um, William. The singer Will I am Will I am Will I am Will I am That's yeah. it Yeah Yeah Right And he was Doing the rap to it And the you know, The brother singing I want to live And it was You know And I sent, I sent it It was quite emotional I sent it To people All over the world I sent it to Hong Kong The Philippines um, And The responses That I got Was like Because it was all about George Floyd's death But yeah. I remember Um my ex-wife saying to me that that's 
the greatest video I've ever sent her because she could feel it. And everybody, if you've got a son, a husband, a dad, I think people just saw that, saw of someone that they knew that could be them. And they could be just killed just like that and with no remorse. And um, mm. I can't breathe, you know, the people around, no effect, nothing. And um, so in that, I mean, if it wasn't for the pandemic, would it have been so much in the forefront? Because remember, mm. you know, during Obama's time, black people were dying by the police regular. Yeah. You know, it mm. wasn't a big, you know, it was, I'd be saying things like that to, you know, to my wife at the time because we were together and it was like nothing you know so the pandemic I believe made people focus on certain things that whatever was out there right mm. and the George mm. Floyd death changed you know because you know white you know we fast forwarded that white people got found guilty and yeah. on some of the commentaries, they're saying the look of his face is when he was saying guilty was like, you can't, you can't be serious. I'm yeah, white, yeah. you can't mm. convict me. Yeah. Because I've never been convicted. Imagine, never ever been convicted of, a, of, of, mm. of, of, of killing a black person. And um, mm. for the first time, even when Trump was, in, when Trump was president during that time, the Chinese would be attacking him. How could you be telling us about civil rights? And even they're quoting George Floyd in Hong Kong. Kerry Lam was talking about, you know, you can't tell us nothing. Look at George Floyd, you, you know. And um, so what I saw was America, the West being exposed and people looking at themselves, right? And... Um, you know, some people would take it on, some people wouldn't, some people would hide from it. And, um, but it's, you know, the pandemic is, has brought out a lot of people looking at within themselves, looking at their life, what is their life? What is my life? What is my contribution going to be? And I saw that with the young people didn't care about no, you can't go, you can't gather. They said, no, I'm, I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to come out and I'm going to make a stance. And, and it was quite pleasing to see young people take that stance, you know, because they're the ones who are going to change this world. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, most certainly. You know, I just wanted to pick up on something you said, you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's around God. And I think what it is is that for the first time you saw an entire planet get controlled and locked down. That's what made me know that, you know what, this, only God does that. You know, because um, oh. how can you have all these 192 exactly. countries on earth? You know what I mean? Uh, people have failed to get harmony. But this thing here, you know, uh, when it came, COVID, the pandemic, it, it caused what, you know, um, governments and nations have been trying to do for a long time and not be able to do, which is to get people to move in a particular way. So um, 
that was one of the one of the things that I, that I actually again noticed. And also, as you were talking talking about uh, George Floyd, you know, um, injustice became you know uh, a thing that is uh, attacked, looked at, and rejected. You know, um, there was whatever was going on in that time. You know, for people on an individual level, I think there was also collective consciousness that was also um, stimulated, you know, because I think that the way people identify themselves, you know, uh, they had to look at and say, you know, is this what is that is this what we really are about? I remember looking at two videos uh, based on the George Floyd. One one of them was done by an Asian girl, you know, uh, here in the UK, and she was talking about uh, how how black people are seen within the Asian culture, you know, uh, particularly areas like Pakistani type, you know, our culture. She's a Muslim. She's a Muslim girl, and uh, you know, uh, and she was saying that you know, uh, it's not right. You know, uh, she started to address those aspects of it being uh, not right. And then, from the American side, was a, a, a Asian young man who was also talking about the same thing. And what he was actually saying is that the Asians now need to basically uh, come out from a, a position of comfort, you know, uh, and uh, show where they stand. But they cannot go along with this. They cannot, you know, uh, allow that to occur and uh, and say nothing. So it was very interesting because these are, these were young young Asian people, you know, um, that were now looking at these issues and and, uh, and addressing them. Because it did cause a global, in one aspect, you you can't breathe, and as a as a as a global um, uh, protest uh, symbol, uh, you know. And at the same time, the planet is under a breathing, you know, uh, situation because this thing was airborne, and uh, you know, uh, it's about breathing and um, sharing the air. So it was very interesting, you know, what was going on on the planet. I mean, as we, and we're taking it apart from the many varying points that we we saw it from, you know. Um, but I think that was that was uh, that was very, very telling of that there is uh, an activity going on. I also recall reading I think it's from the book of Isaiah. Uh, yeah, I think it's from the book of Isaiah, where he was talking about. Uh, for people to go into their secret, not secret, but into their into their chambers for a time until the indignation has passed, you know. Um, so that all seemed to correlate with what was actually going on, you know, uh, on the planet at the time. And if you recall as well, you had the whole American election situation, you know, uh, the conflict about that. You know, or was that afterwards or before? Actually, I may have, I may have, I may have been mixing, mixing. Uh, no, that was before the pandemic. But, but the way things coincided, the the motions of um, of of world events, you know, uh, it it revealed that there is something on a global scale that is unspoken here that is actually going on. You know, um, yeah. So these are the um, you know the the, the thoughts for now the time. That uh, that occur, you know. Uh, but I wanted to also, as, as I hand over, you know, um, the mic, say that uh, uh, with relation to what you were saying, Alex, that um, relationships, 
So relationships were looked at from the aspect of relationship with self. You know, how do I deal with being on my own with no distractions? Me and my mind, you know, are, you know, for those that maybe have even lived on their own, you know, um, how did how, how do they cope? And then the aspect of um, how do we treat our partners or spouses now that we are in that space. And, uh, Michael, you spoke about a rise in domestic violence. I think I saw some posters actually talking about that, you know, um, that, that uh, these things occur in the home, you know, um, and this is basically probably to, uh, to focus. Drinking issues as well became, became something that, uh, that uh, uh, since people could no longer go to pubs and clubs and uh, mm-hmm. traditional places where they, you know, uh, they drink, you know, uh, it was taken into the home. And then again, with, with the confinement of space, you can only imagine some of the occurrences that, were, that, that then uh, would be occurring there. Then, of course, that also spills over to children. You know, um, maybe for the first time, they are now seeing both parents in and having to work out and deal with each other. And based on the skill level of communication and uh, 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 conflict resolution and all of that, I think children would have been exposed to, you know, um, another side that maybe, you know, uh, would have previously had been hidden by by several other factors. So it was very, it's, it's very interesting looking at it, you know, again, you know, um, but on some of the positives is that because there was no freedom like that, not that, you know, it was a uh, draconian, you know, like in some countries, I know that in some countries there were, you know, if you were out and you were not supposed to be out, I saw a video of a, a, a black man in America being, um, uh, you know, a dog was sicked on him by police because he was mm. out and uh, I think there was a party uh, that, that, yeah. was, uh, that was not supposed to be happening. You know, uh, and the, there, were, there were other false reports as well that also went out that Russia had released some lions, you know, that were roaming around. <laughs> so whoever, whoever wasn't in, you know, uh, had to look at the lions, you know. And um, also another thing that um, uh, was humorous was uh, seeing... Um, a cartoon of animals roaming around outside and people being indoors. And it was like, oh, so, you know, the, the, the previous paradigm was people go to the zoo to watch animals that are caged. Now animals are out roaming around and watching people <laughs> who are now indoors, you know. So there was a, there was a, there was a, few, a, few, a few things that, were, that popped up that, uh, you know, you, you, could, you could look at and, and, uh, and reason with. But nonetheless, there was a global uh, communication. What, what got me was that how is it that all the governments on earth, all of them, had a collective agreement? How was that achieved? I asked them, did they, did they meet? Did they have, you know, uh, conference calls, whatever? How did they all come to the same uh, conclusion? You know, and even countries that uh, at usually at loggerheads with one another, they want to cooperate with one another. About this, there was a cooperation. So there was some, some, some interesting stuff there. Mm. You say a collective agreement in terms of what, what, what occurred with the pandemic or? The response to the pandemic, that everyone right. under lockdown, do you know what I mean? Um, right. Going to masks, going into shops for essentials, mm-hmm. and yeah. That's what I mean. 
Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah, kind of a uh, some kind of synchronicity there. But there was some madness even with about the vaccine, you know. Uh, in response to the pandemic, you know, it's like we have it first. You can't have it. We're not going to export it to you because of blah. So it seems like there was some kind of for what was occurring and the amount of people who were who had lost life. There still seemed to be some I don't know some kind of child's play around it, you know. Um, yes. And who had the best policy towards it? And, uh, yeah. So yeah, there was. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, that was on my attention whilst this whole thing was, was, was going down. But um, <clears throat> what, what I thought about was, um, was this a friend of mine who, who, I, who I know, and when you mentioned your, when you were talking about relationships, uh, to wonder, and you reminded mm-hmm. me, of, me of her because she said during the pandemic, mm-hmm. everything was fine, you know, happily married. But then during the pandemic, having to be in close quarters like that, uh, mm-hmm. she then began to look at her husband and said, I don't even like this person who I'm living with. But the bit that she mm-hmm. said, which I found interesting because I've, I've been in that boat, was is that she'd made up a life so that she wouldn't have to confront mm-hmm. that situation. And that life was okay. going fine until the pandemic. Right? She had regular right. things that she had to attend, you know, keep fit classes, you know, overtime at work, um, just... Uh, set activities that ran like clockwork during the week, mm. right? So then when the pandemic hit, all of that came crashing down. Right. And, and then, I'll, okay, I was thinking of it in terms of her, but then I could imagine globally we all had situations like that, mm. right? So mm. when we talk about the unraveling, um, um, and there's a saying that God is truth, right? And uh, a famous scholar once says, once you deny God or truth, you have to make up something in its place, right? Mm. And then once mm. you've made up something in its place, you develop policies to keep it going. Mm. Right? So... Um, so there's a kind of a, a denial that's going on in free fall, right? And as long as it keeps propped up, then it's fine. You don't have to face anything. So I, I was imagining when we were talking about George Floyd and the way black people are treated and the, uh, the way the authorities justify homicide, you know, that was a norm. It, 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 it just kept going. Mm. And as long as people weren't forced to confront it, you know, it was an acceptable truth. Um, and uh, I think 
for me, the pandemic kind of brought all of that to a head, you know. So um, things that we had built on sand, meaning things that, you know, lifestyles that we had that weren't really real. I mean, for me, uh, living in another country, it became, it brought that uh, uh, more closer to the forefront in terms of something that I have to complete developing an income outside of the UK mm. really, you know, brought it to the fore. You know, these things, they were all in the background, right? But I had things that were going on in the day-to-day IT work, et cetera, et cetera, which was good because it was dealing with the now. But supposing mm. all of that were to collapse, how would, you, how would I survive? That's right. Mm. You see, so, um, yeah, for me, it's going on the example of the woman who developed a lifestyle outside of um, her home to make her not confront home. I think likewise, as individuals and really as a nation um, uh, have done that to avoid confronting the truth or postponing it, to postpone looking at it, you know, because ignorance is bliss. So I think um, Mm. really being in the chamber and having that period of isolation, you either take it two ways, either it's too much to deal with because the lie has been going on for so long that sometimes having to deal with that all at once it can throw people into, you know, situations that they'd rather not deal with. Some of them even would be suicidal. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the thing is also to, I guess, be willing to bend, I suppose, or be willing to at least introspect and at least be willing to say, look, actually there is a problem. Not even sure how I'm going to handle it. You know, that doesn't necessarily come straight away. Um, But at least I recognize there's a problem. I recall when I had to, going back to when I was talking about a drug addiction, when I crashed on the motorcycle, um, I remember the first thing was, you know, I knew it was a bad idea to take, cocaine and then got on a motorcycle and before I even Mm. done it something was saying bruv I don't think this is the right way to go but what Mm -hmm. got me started on the journey to reconcile with myself was what was that thing that I heard that I didn't listen to and where did that come from right you're saying so at least I, I didn't have the answer but I had a point of reference to follow. Mm. And that took me all around different religions, reading different books, self-help books, uh, all, you know, all types of them. But I was looking for information. And then I began to talk to people, mm-hmm. you know, have you experienced this before? So there was, that was a starting point. And I think if you're 
at least uh, uh, open to start that journey, uh, you can find some light in the dark places. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the element that you deal with, uh, uh, Alex, there is, you know, being able to at least look at, you know, our life. Yeah. You know, uh, and not and not run away from it or create some kind of uh, detour, so that yeah. it's not it's not confronted. You know. Um, yeah. It's at just by, be willing to look. That's right. And uh, and of course, as we saw even with the, with the situation, uh, lockdown and everything, other ways started to manifest, you know, uh, because such is the nature of people is that they find ways of dealing with things. doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's always the most uh, survival-orientated way of dealing with it, but, you know, uh, some solution comes about. And I think... The, the way that um, uh, things went, you know, it, it, it didn't appear to be as drastic as people may have previously thought it was, you know, because uh, I remember when it all, when the lockdown came, uh, I had thoughts of what if food runs out? Do you know what I mean? What, what, you know, what would happen? You know, you start to think along, you know, um, you know uh, survival in terms of, you know, uh, what would we have to do in order to remain safe and to, and to the movies that we've watched, things like Purge and, you know, um, you know the, the, the siege and things like that start to come to mind. And then... Uh, contagion, yeah. That, yeah, contagion. And there's so many, there's so much that were... And, and, and uh, uh, ideas that are not based necessarily on, on reality, but what people would have. All those things came to play, but people still found a way of uh, uh, living. And fortunately, it wasn't as wild and as um, as uh, uncivilized as, as as we thought that would be, because the, the, there were so many conceptions. Is this is this the is this the end of it? Is this the whole biblical stuff, apocalypse now kind of thing? So there were so many questions that people had. But like you said, by, by looking at it, one assumes, you know, uh, some measure of control over it and starts to put certain things in place as they get to understand that, ah, okay, so no, it's not, it's not like that, but this is how it is, you know, um, and responding in that matter. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, very, it's very interesting retrospective time, you know, uh, uh, introspective time, I would say that we that we had, you know, um, and um, that time was needed. You know, um, people looked at themselves and maybe saw and discovered things, and uh, on that point discovered uh, if it was financial issues, we could make an income. I know, I know, I know a company that started a a cryptocurrency a coin. During the pandemic, basically. Yes. So people, people, people started to again modify and bend reality towards servicing what they need. So it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Alex, about 
it's just a matter of how people are looking at it, and we would say, is it is the glass uh, half half empty or is it half full? Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because that's the uh, yeah, yeah, that's the platform. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, also. Um, The people who would do well and survive this were the ones who saw opportunity. That's right. What opportunity is there? Um, You know, and there's the ones that look at, I think I've mentioned it before, I've I've got a friend in Thailand, and, you know, she's got a successful restaurant nightclub, and they were shut down. You know, they were shut down. And all she saw was, how am I going to pay for this? I'm used to a certain lifestyle. And um, so I gave her some, a new way of looking at things, right? Um, what do people need, right? And they needed things that she is a good cook so she could provide food things that people would go and buy. And even though she's saying that it's, she has to work a lot harder for less money, but she's got no expenditure. She has got no staff to pay. So she now is growing that, and she's teaching her children, her children to, in a new way of thinking. And um, so, you know, I give thanks to what we've been blessed with, with these teachings, that you know, you can pass it on to people who just saw doom. You know, this is the end. Um, a lady, I know one of my son's mums, because she was had an association with the teachings, she withdrew all her money, all her money from the bank, mm-hmm. because she thought this was it. You know, and... Um, right. And... The amount of people that because that same woman, she lost her husband this year to, not to COVID, but to something that, you know, that they, you know, he had a problem, but it wasn't a, a real problem as far as he was concerned. And then he goes into hospital for a checkup and he doesn't come out. Now, they had everything, everything, you know, he had homes. He built. A, he was building a home in Jamaica, and they were getting ready to leave. I was speaking to her. This is before, and saying to her that, you know, that you know you need to develop that. And she spoke to her husband, and they were building a home, and now the whole mm. world's come crumbling down because, you know, she feels she can't go there because without her husband. You know, and, you know, for me, the reality, she was a strong woman, is a strong woman, but she knew that she only could do that with the help of her man, her husband. She didn't feel, she now now feels doesn't confident she can now go there and build that life on her own. And um, there's certain reality checks now where in this circumstances, I only could give this one where I'm, you know, I'm a strong woman, which is good, you know, um, 
she's realised that without her man, without her husband, right, whatever type of man he was, he was still like a backbone. So, you know, a protection is now gone. So now she's not only lost her husband, but she's lost her dream of what her future is going to be like. And she now feels mm. she doesn't, she can't go there and live that dream. Um, that's one to, you know, any, you know, thoughts on that, you know, certain reality check that people are now in this circumstance, I don't know any other ones, but in this circumstance where this woman now realizes that, you know, that this man, he had a role to play and maybe I didn't give him enough credit for that role because she's very dominant. She, he would, she would have been the boss, you know, and directing him, you know, but it's now gone now. Now she's got, she can't fulfill her dream. So I just wanted any views on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, I've heard of cases like that, that you just described, brother. But then the person has gone on to complete it to honor the person who's gone. I so, see. Okay. Uh, it just depends on how you look at it because, you know, it's life is definitely what you make it. And mm. I think uh, the test of any, whatever you believe at that moment, it's true for you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And uh, so I just think it's, yeah, for sure. Circumstances is uh, tragic. Um, but does, I don't know. In her case, she felt she couldn't. It is what it is. But I, I haven't always necessarily seen it to be the case. Some have uh, used whatever's happened as inspiration to make sure that they complete what they were working on. You know, how many cases have you seen where they were working on something together, somebody's died, but then the group has carried it on. They've used it as inspiration. So I guess it depends on the viewpoint of the person. Mm. You know, it it does depend on how the person challenged with that reality, uh, you know, uh, sees it. And some see it one way, uh, others see it another way. And I think sometimes as well with this pandemic, um, it's also where your source of strength comes from. Is it coming from the creator, wherever you know him as, Allah, God, Yahweh, whatever you choose to describe uh, God as, is that coming from him or the person um, who passed away? And sometimes if it is coming from the person, and the person is a rock for sure, then when they go, then whatever we were building, it goes with them. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so I sure. think it's, I think it's, you know, where the power is uh, coming from. So, I mean, in our case, in our case, we're all Muslim. So in our teachings, it says, you know, uh, Allah alone should be worshipped. Um, a, Christ, a Christian could say the same. 
you know, in, in the Bible it says, Thou shalt make no graven images, because God has no partners in Christianity, you know. So, so then, yeah, I, I mean, this is also another thing in the pandemic in terms of, you know, relationships that were lost, you know, and people, some committing self-harm because their whole sense of worth and purpose and being was in a, another human being. Mm, you know, mm, you mm. see, and that, and uh, even in Islam, we're taught attachment is death, right? Because if you lose the attachment, do you lose your sense of purpose, or are you now on a path to suicide, or you know, be, because of the loss of something that you know you held dear to you, or do you keep on going? So I think that's also another factor but to answer the question I think it just depends on the person and to one that mentioned it earlier he said is the glass half full or half empty if you're a half empty kind of person generally loss or setbacks you know aren't necessarily handled well oh my god you know um, uh, uh, I'm never gonna be gonna make it now I've lost this I've lost that mm, mm, I've lost my job mm. I've lost the money you know and generally loss you know like you know if you, if you think of it you know if you fear to lose something then there's a thing that you can't you think you can't create it again mm, mm. which is a half mm. empty type of template but if the glass is half That's full right. It's not that the loss is, yeah, you're going to feel the loss. Oh, man, I could, I, I could have done without that. But then the resolve after a while is you bounce back. You know what? I'm going to start again, but I'm going to do it differently. It's just two different types of people. Um, so mm. I think it's just how you see it. That's how I would answer mm. it. Yeah. I, t I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, it's about... It's, it's definitely about a view, you know, uh, how we are looking at something or how a person is looking at something and what occurs for them, you know, in that moment, you know. Um, you know, so, so I think what you're saying is important, Alex, in terms of generally the, the you could say, the mood of a person and how mm -hmm. intense and how far a person can take their their mood and their feeling. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if if they're if they're internalizing that reality and mm -hmm. uh continuing to we yet they have no hope in it, then they, it it would only create something that is um that is only going to uh diminish in them by, by way of um uh by way of their, their enthusiasm for life and for problem solving, which then is, I think, what then goes into what is called depression. Mm -hmm. Not having answers, not having um, solutions. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, um, yeah, this is a time where, you know, your glass has to be half full. Mm -hmm. You know, That's right. you know, 
the half empty glass is not going to cut it because um, it's about you have to or we have to you know recreate ourselves refocus ourselves even change a direction that we will go in even a belief that we once had and um, and look at it what is if you've got responsibilities even if you just yourself you know what what do I need to do to change the way I'm feeling to change the way I'm going to survive to change the way how I've got to look for opportunities um, and um, and you know basically um, how I'm going to make the best out of this situation and um, and it's not a given that everyone can do that yeah. you know and it probably you know if we look at numbers maybe very few people can do that because some people have lived on that half empty mentality um, you know um, you know, you know the optimist and the the pessimist. You know, mm-hmm. the optimist has more fun. Yeah. Because they can always see the bright side. They will always find the door to that problem. The pessimist, mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's you know, they can't because they're so used to focusing on that negative part the pessimist, pessimistic part of life and yeah. um, you know it's in this time it's going to be key that we keep we have to be optimistic we have to be the grass has to be half full and um, we've got to be able to see that there is going to you know we're going to find a way out a way of whatever situation we're in, we have to find a way of solving that situation. Mm. And it's what you said earlier is um, our connection to whether we call him God, Allah, Yahweh, mm. you know, Buddha. Um, this is where people's faith now and people in faith are now going to be tested on their faith mm. and what they mm. say they believe. Um, because um, you know, Brother Twanda said it. It's, it's you know, when have you had a, a pandemic where the whole world is affected at the same time? Yeah, it's never happened in our lifetime. Yeah, and anyone living here, living now, has never witnessed it. You know, there's no one, no one's ever witnessed that. The scientists, the doctors, you know. A lot of them are coming with theories, right? Because they don't know. They've never lived through this. No leader on this planet has ever lived through a pandemic where the whole world's affected at the same time. Mm, so, so if the leaders, when you look at Boris, I remember saying to someone jokingly, "This was during, you know, when it first hit the UK. I bet Boris wished he never won this election." 
yeah, you right. know, because, yeah. you know, if you think of what he's had to give away, the Tory government, you know, what they've had to do and give away and pay people, furlough people, pay mm-hmm. people, you know, companies to stay at home, put money into the National Health Service, put plow money into education, which they've never had to do before. So, of course, they've done well in the last, in these local, local elections because they've actually had to do something for the people, the poorer people. Mm. And how Marcus Rashford, just from his social media um, 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 background or his, his, his um, following, has made the government say, no, we're not going to give pay school money to, you know, dinner money, basically, to children when they're off school. And just by him tweeting that and putting it out there, the government backed down. A Tory government backed down. It's mm. never happened. Mm. But they were forced to do it because they've never lived through this, right? And they could, you know, um, it's like the people power. We don't realise now, people haven't realised how much power they've really got to make a change. They still, I still don't believe they've really they've realised right that these politicians are just servants, you know, mm. and the only power they've got is what we actually give them. But that Marcus Rashford thing with you know the dinner money, you know, school free school dinners, even when children are not at school. Like when, when they've never done that, you know, and um, but that's just one person just using his voice and his social media platform to create awareness of it and government of the day has, you know, has said, yeah, you're right, we're going to give those poor... You know, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do, but when have they ever done the right thing to do? So, um, it's the mobilisation of people to do the right thing I think will be one of our challenges is whatever religion, whatever colour, what is the right thing to do for this certain circumstance? And, um, you know, I believe that, you know, we, 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 people can do that. You can create that. You don't necessarily have to be a big star. You just have to have a good um, cause that people can buy into that it's right and and start making changes in the world definitely yeah michael i think i think you're on it when you speak about it's just a time to do the right thing you know um it's not business as usual there is clearly an an interruption of this of the status quo and the order of things there's clearly an interruption of that so we don't have to look at now where they're coming from. And, you know, uh, because when, when, when disasters occur, you know, um, uh, pandemics or, you know, uh, some other natural disaster occurs. Again, talking, talking to the point that uh, Brother Alex was making about the perception as to do you see opportunity in it or do you see you know, a catastrophe. 
you know, um, uh, I think that's that's basically that's basically where we are at now, where everything works for good for those who love the Lord. So you just have to basically know that the way to be in a situation is to survive. So what's the best way to do that while at the same time uh, taking into consideration, you know, what is best for the, for the greatest number of people? Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I, I think you're right on it when you, when you say that because it's, it's now – it's funny because, you know, Alex spoke about our creed as Muslims. In the Quran, it says that, you know, um, God will make usury – which is uh, interest and all of that to be a thing that is not, you know, successful. But you will actually make charity profitable. So, uh, so people are forced then to be charitable of heart, you know, and charitable of mind, and then charitable of their resources because, because um, just from a conscience being being pricked, you know, uh, Marcus looked at it and, and felt that that is not right. You know, I mean, it's not his problem per se because he's got, he's got, he's got enough money. You know, he's, he's doing all right. But he looked at it and said, you know, no, it's not. Yeah, exactly. But you looked at it and said, no, you know, where is our moral, where is our moral um, compass? And based on that and uh, the natural motion to rightness, you know, it, it, it created that, you know, um, you know, uh, it created that. I know that there are others that have tried that in the past, and it really had, hadn't didn't come off the way he did. I know Jamie Oliver was doing something, even to the point where, and Ian Wright did things where they uh, went into schools and all of that. But what Marcus Rashford did for apparently less effort took off. So we've got to look at why. But I think it's the. But that's uh, the. But that's the point yeah. now. It's another issue. It's about timing. Yeah. Right. He, he was on time, right? He, whether he knew it or not, he reacted, and it's going to be, it's all about timing. And that's why he was so successful, because he could relate it to when he was with his mum, single mum, his mum owned to do three jobs. I remember watching a story, and they went to where he lived, and um, the fish and chip shop people knew him as a young boy. And they knew that they would give him chips and his mum would come and pay. You know, so when people saw, he never forgot where he came from. You know, he still identified with being that poor child, what it was like growing up. And mum's working, there's no food in the house. But it was his timing. And I think we've got to be on time with whatever we do now. It's going to be key for if we're in the, on if we're on time, we'll be successful because, exactly. as I said, he he was on time. Even when the, he it made it's, it's not funny, but someone showed what they were getting for free school dinners, and he tweeted it. He said that's not satisfactory. They had to debate it in the comment or in, in Parliament. Uh, we need to because the companies were getting paid to deliver this money. We're just shortchanging them. Right. Everything right. is on time because yeah. he did something that was related, that it was personal to him because he had felt it and lived it and he didn't want other children to do it. And he just didn't accept, you know, he could, have, he could have just said, yeah, well, they're getting a couple of apples and a little sandwich. You know, that, I've done my job. No, he's saying, no, 
you know, how much of those companies getting paid to deliver this service? No, they're doing a disservice on time again. You know, so we've got to look at that. We've got to be on time, We're, you know, because this is our time, right? And we've got to, you know, whatever we create will be successful because it's our time. And it's all about timing now. It's like a joke. It's not funny unless the timing is 100%. You know? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sorry, go on, carry on. I was just wanted to drop that in. No, it's absolutely fine. You know, we are, we know we're, we're in sync. It's, it's literally, and what tells us what time it is, is not even so much time as a uh, construct of, you know, the measurement of, uh, you know, um, what hour of the day it is or anything like that. But it's looking at the fact that what is needed. It's looking at what is needed and despite the apparent mm, challenge right. of it rising up to that occasion. That's what time it is. You know, um, uh, so, so right now we just have to look into the environment and see what's actually needed. You know, um, you know what do I need as a person? What 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 does what does uh, my what do my children need? What do you need, Michael? What do you need, Alex? You know, uh, what does the society need? What's your area, your environment, your your neighborhood? What's needed? And if we can respond to things like that, we find that you know uh, we change the whole paradigm of you know uh, lack. People think uh, the you know. Uh, we're going to respond to lack and uh, and solve the problem. No, it's it's predicting it. But looking at what what is actually going on and seeing what's needed, you then start to basically harmonize, and then you are on time because your answers, you know, are, are corresponding with what's required out there. The time and what must be done, you know, um, it's it's an exercise of inspecting your environment, inspecting your area, you know, inspecting the condition, and uh, and coming up with that. So uh, very interesting that also what I liked about that, you know, uh, is the fact that uh, wanting for others what you want for yourself, you know, mm. um, you know, you looked at it and saw that, you know what, you know, um, imagine me as a nine-year-old having that for, for, uh, for dinner or whatever it is, lunch, and, you know, what's the nutritional value? You know, uh, I can look at it now as a grown person. But, you know, as, as, as a nine-year-old, would that even be enough? Would that satisfy me? I need to go on the playground and, you know, um, and be able to to have a good time on there and, and be able to maybe even defend myself even as, a, you know, as I'm amongst other young people. But can I do that on, on such a diet, you know? So it's about, it's about that, Brother Michael, like you're saying. It's about responding to uh, what's, what's needed, you know, um, and and it doesn't take a lot. It just takes observation, and, and and the observation just reveals it. And then being prepared to stand. You said it earlier. You spoke about you spoke about uh, rising to the challenge, or I think the term you 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 really you know um, uh, dealing with was you know going against what appears to be the comfortable thing to do. You know, um, so, you know, challenging yourself. You know, uh, and coming out of the comfort zone of not, you know, uh, saying anything because it's very easy not to say anything and just walk on by and it's somebody else's problem. But when we care for it, when we actually start to care for each other and actually start to, you know, regardless to race, creed, 
class or color, look at it, that is this thing actually okay? And no, no, it's not okay. So if it's not okay, we lend our weight, you know, um, you know, to to the cause so that it uh, it um, it's fixed. So yeah, that's that's what I would say on that, brother. No, uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, very good. <clears throat> I guess as well, he picked a topic. I mean, not that uh, that topic is, um, you know, in uh, in Islam, there's a we say the coin is in the fish's mouth, and that subject was something that was dear to everyone's heart, you know, something like, you know, just meals for children. Imagine how basic a requirement, it's talking about food, clothing, and shelter, just that first one alone. <clears throat> and uh, gained so much traction, you know, just via Twitter, or social media, and before you know it, it just grew from strength to strength. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, definitely a product very well done but uh, I think as you or Michael said we need to uh, look at what is needed and wanted and supply the need absolutely so I mentioned a brother because when you look at most especially in England most black sportsmen especially the current ones you know they really try and keep a low profile. They sort of, whenever they do it intentionally, they keep under the radar. They don't get yeah. too political. And yeah. for this young brother to do that, it's all right, the older ones, you know, yeah. they're older. But the young ones, especially for, you know, he's in his early 20s, you know, yeah. to put his, raise his head above the pulpit, that he doesn't know they could, you know, they're going to take it off, but he didn't seem to care. No. And, um, and I, you know, um, you know, there was a program last year about a footballer. He's no longer a footballer now, and he was um, basically a white footballer called him a black bastard. Right? It was a really big thing um, when he was playing, and this is like ten years later. He's affected by it, and I was thinking of it. it this, this player who was called a black bastard, is mixed race. And um, he actually said something to this white player, and this white player retaliated with that. I think he said to the white player, um, at least I don't sleep with my best friend's wives. And he said to him, F off you, blah, 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 blah. Right? Now, at the time, it was a big case. It went to court. Um, it was really big at the time, huge, and um, and I remember looking, thinking of this, looking, looking at this show of this, you know, and he was in, he's crying. Ten years later, he's crying. And number one, one of the things that came to mind was, you know, he came, you know, his brother, his cousin, the top players, and maybe he never even thought himself as black before. You know, but he didn't say nothing at the time. He didn't make no noise, and because he was doing well, you know, he didn't. And I think he regrets it. Not, you know, and this is why he's speaking up now. Which I'm not denying him. He should, 
but at the time he didn't. It's because, and he, he virtually said, you know, he's going to keep his head down. You know, he's making 50, 60, 70 grand a week. You know, he doesn't want to rock the boat. You know, but years later, it's affecting him. He's breaking down on TV. You know, um, so when I see a young man standing up, and for us, you know, you know, we've got to make a stance now. We've, you know, we've got to, you know, a cause that we find that we can benefit the people. It's all about the timing now, and the timing is right. We don't have regrets, you know. Um, I think the worst thing you can have in life is regrets. And, um, you know, we've got to look at, did, you know, for ourselves, for myself, have I, you know, could I do more? What can I do? What can I do that's going to make a change to me, my family, my nation, and the world? What will make a change? I'm constantly asking that question. And and you know you know uh, Michael that is actually awesome and it's it's really the theme that we started out this uh, discussion on in terms of the lockdown so and what it brought about but look at it when we actually take count and take stock of what it has actually produced is that people have responded you know um, not as victims of circumstances but solution in orientated um, you know, uh, uh, people who have who solved problems you know, um, and have created and freed other minds to then look at other situations that you know because you have a curfew doesn't mean that you cannot think. Because you've got to be That's indoors right. doesn't mean that you cannot create. You know, um, mm. you've you know, you could you could maintain pretty much any lifestyle, even in that environment. You can train in your home if you if you're a fitness person. You know, you can write books. I I know um, a couple of people that have written books in this time. You know, um, you know, uh, one of them you know is is is, is a math math enthusiast. He teaches math to to um, to young children, and he's actually done. A website and a book, you know, uh, and and then recorded some other material to actually complement that in teaching, particularly the A times table, you know. So, so it's it's uh it's it's what we we're saying earlier, brother Alex. It's uh, the response, response to uh, a threat, you know. Um, you can either you can either fight, you can either fight or you can flee, you know. Um, yes. Or you can. Look or you can just succumb to it or, 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 or neglect it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. try and pretend that it's not there, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, uh, exactly. So it, it's really just the, the rising to the challenge of things. And, and again, I think one of the biggest disservices that we've had is that um, uh, the whole idea of rising up to the challenge and to... Um, to respond to things and to be a causative agent in situations rather than the effect of one. That's not something, something that um, has happened almost by uh, incidentally. It just happened, but that should be the, the, the thrust of things. Yeah. I'm not saying that there are no groups or, or fraternities that think like that. They are, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, 
there are people that love to jump right into the midst of the the eye of the storm, so to speak. Yeah. And I I think that's one of the ways in which COVID can be, uh, COVID and what it's brought in terms of the lockdown and and everything else. We can look at it that it's a, you know, make an adventure out of it and see what it is that we can actually create to defy reality and succumb to it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You always find a way where you can be caused. You know, um, Absolutely. I think that's that's definitely a, uh, a good thing. And, you know, just always look at the best part of things and uh, find okay. a way where we can. Uh, I think you said it earlier about um, being half full or half empty. I think it comes down to how you see it mm. and uh, when when the storm's upon you and what, what actions you take. And if we are, if we do tend to view things from a half-empty point of view, then we, we look at why. Mm. It's the mm. best question mm. you can ask because the why can lead you into finding a solution for it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's always, you know, it's like the, uh, Michael said, the pessimist and the optimist or the extrovert mm-hmm. and the introvert. If you're always mm-hmm. extroverted about things, you don't take it personally because, you know, life is a game. And uh, mm-hmm. if you're half full, then you're willing to play. Uh, but if you're mm-hmm. half empty, then it becomes the game gets very serious and a person can start to get a bit solid in terms of their mm-hmm. outlook. Everything is bleak. So, uh, yeah, the way you, yeah. The way it was put there, I think that's definitely the way to do it. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm think. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just also just to let you know. Want to obviously because we're it's during Ramadan. Want to break for iftar, but uh, so we can make any <laughs> if there's any last points. Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, for yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's been- it's been a very enjoyable discussion because I was I was literally now forgetting that you know uh, that it's, it's it's time to actually break the fast in a few minutes. I only, you know? Yeah, I only looked to my right and I saw wow that's got dark very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've yeah. been we've been we've been we've been figuratively and spiritually breaking bread. I just wanted yeah. to really say that um, that uh, I know you both will relate to this as martial artist enthusiasts or people that appreciate martial arts. Bruce Lee's um, uh, making a way out of no way, you know, uh, the way of the intercepting fit. You know, so it's really just that aspect of being able to look at a situation and know that you're not trapped, as you, as you alluded to, Alex, that yeah. you know, is to know that you're not trapped. They are, they, you know, a circle is for 360 degrees. That's just one angle, you know what I mean? That, that, so there's, there's, there's a lot more. There's a lot more degrees where one can actually ply their mind and, uh, and come up with, uh, with, uh, with solutions. So, so it's, 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 it's good. I also like the aspect when you go in, Michael, about Marcus Rashford, because when we make it, when we make it personal in the sense of, you know, would I like to be going through that or, or what can I do? Put in I, the I the I in I back to, you know, um, the, the, the situation, you know, uh, you know, and accept that really there are solutions, 
you know, yeah, of course, something will surprise you. When you're slapped with a, uh, with a curfew and a lockdown, initially it is, um, it is uh, uh, you know, it's a surprise, a shock. But as the dust settles, you know, naturally the mind finds answers because it's a thinking machine. It's, it's for that purpose. The only reason why we have a mind is to solve our problems. So we already start to look at things and just to encourage that, uh, that process, you know. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. No, uh, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. I mean, to round off, I'd like, I just think we maybe for the next one, think of how we can give people um, solutions to um, a certain mindset. How they can, how we can help people change, you know, a half-empty mindset, mm-hmm. you know, um, a pessimistic mindset. You know, something for us to think about, and maybe come back, maybe, you know, the next time with and discuss those um, those points and helping people to overcome that sort of mindset. Yeah, yeah, definitely, we can help people find a way. Yeah, something at all that that helps. Yeah, definitely, solution orientated podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. 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 All right. So, um, um, I think for the purposes of the podcast, each and every one of us can identify ourselves. So, starting with, uh, go ahead. My name is Michael yes, uh, I'm, I'm Tawanda. You know, uh, Tawanda Pamir Mohammed. I. You know, uh, I'm into mind science. I love mind science. You know, um, that's my thing. So, yes, it was really great to have this talk today. Okay. Oh, Michael. My name is Michael Fivex. Um, um, I'm, on, you know, life repair and helping people, mankind, to find the best part of themselves. I'm also a martial artist. Um, as well as other things, um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, my name is Alexander uh, Mohammed. 